Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Russians. Hello. Uh, well, you know, this episode is what, what are we going to talk about here? I, I guess the only thing that we can talk about, being that it's the end of February and um, we just uh, the world just celebrated one year anniversary of this amazing war that's happening in our in our homeland. Yeah, well, well, we shouldn't be cheaper, right? I mean, I don't sound chipper. I don't. Yeah, uh, you I sound not, a bit chipper. Do I? Uh, I just it's my uh, natural um, tendency. It's how you to, co- no, it's how you cope with trauma. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's how I cope with trauma. Yeah, no. Look, I mean, it's 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 interesting because we've probably about a, exactly a year ago we recorded an episode, a couple episodes about the start of this war, and obviously we've been here all this time, uh, watching this thing unfold, um, and um, at some point, you know. I mean, probably, you know, when the initial shock kind of began to wear off, you know, I couldn't, I kind of stopped, you know, I, I don't know, I, I followed the war, but in very general outlines, because it was just, it was just too depressing for me to, I don't know, yeah. to like, to really dedicate too much of my, of my, of my uh, awareness to, just because of how. But it also was such like a kind of media event because of all the technology. I know the war had been media events for a while, but this one. Yeah was particularly especially i think really because the west was interest like wanted to show all the atrocities yeah and it's not always the case if the, if let's say america is the one waging the war isn't yeah. it no but isn't it like kind of like that a bit that's true i mean in the west obviously yeah. in the west obviously you know yes uh for, for the past year this war has been getting basically uh, front page coverage you know yeah. uh, pretty much every day in every in every major American newspaper, but you know, but uh, this thing is happens uh, on the Russian side too. I mean, because I mean, just the proliferation of of kind of um, um, you know of like social media and all these weird you know uh, new types of way to uh, to um, communicate media like Telegram channels and uh, that basically everybody, almost um, like and, uh, what, what do you call it? not activist like kind of citizen blogger. Yeah, exactly. Anyone is a journalist. Yeah, anyone exactly. is and a part of journalist. Basically, yeah. there's a kind of this you know inter- intersection between some kind of like propagandists and influencers and uh, but it's and all also this confusing. Stuff. You don't really actually know where the line is. You don't know who no. that who that person really is. That's so, who's yeah. doing. The, so, I mean, just like, even the, the beginning of that war, there was all these channels. You know, that probably existed before. Some of them, some of them got high, big on kind of reporting on the war but you know if you want to be completely engrossed in the minutiae of like of every fight every battle every you know you, every, you, every yeah seven, you could do that you basically. could do that i mean there's you like a, there's a, a lot of different things i mean uh, in english there's fewer of those but they exist obviously and frequently. yeah but ultimately i don't think do you yeah. want to talk about this? no no i'm just saying i'm just all i'm saying is that even though it's been a year i've been i've uh, partially kind of tuned a lot of the stuff out at least the details of it just because I don't know. I mean, just they're just too, it's just too depressing for me and too. Uh, I mean, it like uh, almost de- debilitating, you know, like uh, and no, paralyzed. it's extremely debilitating. And honestly, like, don't want to be too cynical, but um, like it makes sense for people to truly follow the minutia only e- either if it's like related directly to their some kind of family location or something yeah. of the kind, or they are of some sort so media a parasites, it, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> they're making a business of the war. We're, reco- we're recording the podcast, sure, but we're not like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean there was always... We're not in this record, but yeah, or you somehow benefit media-wise from, from, from mean, this yeah. event. You're just basically the one covering it constantly yeah. despite being very far away so that i think that's War is the entertainment only... you know yeah right. for people yeah but it, but but you know one of the things i kind of mm, at least thought we'd, we'll talk about it i don't know we, we never talked about it so it's going to be <laughs> uh, off the cuff so it's been a year and i'm thinking 
in general terms, did I get anything wrong about the recent kind of Russian political situation and yeah. just the um, um, just the landscape? I don't know. You know, I, I'm from there. I grew up there, and I had certain ideas. And I thought, did the fact that this war happened change them? Was I wrong about something? And I'm thinking, actually, <laughs> not about much. No. And um, as I said, and I was definitely like. <clears throat> Grieving and in complete like disarray for I don't know maybe definitely a few months when the war started, yeah. but overall despite a complete shock like it was for for many people for basically pretty much anyone outside of like a like a few people and what do you call it like Soviet безопасности basically like Putin's clique uh, even they maybe found out rather yeah, late I don't know it was national weird national security council yeah national security call. council even that anyway basically it was like a it's somewhat a surprise to I many, mean it was many clear many when, people when the war it was it happened like that a lot of those people who had to kind of publicly kind of talk about it like were shocked and kind of yeah. freaked out by it and we're not acting that convincingly actually anyway but so my yeah. point is that even though the war was a surprise to many people even like among the um, <clears throat> kind of Russian government elite it um, it I, I don't I don't think it's disproved or like general ideas I have and um, you wrote some great essays we'll link to them actually you know, initially like, like welcome to Ruski Mir and all right there's like yeah. the, you kind of laid out some of your thoughts that you yeah, had yeah you know I haven't looked at it almost in almost yeah. I don't know what is it 10 months 9 months I don't know I, I mean so could you could you um, you know I mean I, you, no but I'm not like a big I'm not a pundit at all so I can't I, yeah, well it's interesting it's interesting to know if you you know things held up and your your kind of hunch about yeah your your own your own your own your own world you know your 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 home um like held up and and was was correct I, I think it was it's just like again uh, like like many people i don't claim to um like i i didn't know it was coming i didn't believe it was coming but the general feel that it's like a a pretty kind of like brutal place where there is a lot of bitterness and violence bubbling right under the surface in many in many people that was apparent for me for many years. I kind of grew up around it to some degree, um, and uh, <clears throat> definitely as a like semi adult, I definitely felt that. So that's not very surprising. Um, yeah. And I guess the surprising part, obviously, <laughs> I'm no seer, is that how that kind of violent, like bitterness and violence, how was it used and and, and directed towards what? Yeah. That's like obviously I'm no political kind of pundit to to predict so that was surprising most pundits are wrong though anyway so don't worry and um and yeah and the interesting part again it's you know following that again like yasha said sort of not too closely not like a, as a not like a news cycle but still following the war and the reaction of people who left and like all the kind of also the cultural i feel like pushback or something yeah. only almost like proves my point and um yeah so and what is <laughs> i guess what is my point i guess i should reiterate because we mm-hmm. talk as if about everyone kind of knows yeah yeah i mean i will i think we'll link to some of the stuff that you wrote which i think it was very very good but yeah i mean it makes sense too right uh, what, so how how like i generally see that place yeah, right good. and, why, not, and yeah. why why that happened well everyone uses this term at least inside russian liberal community who like write essays and all that stuff um Resentment is it? Because uh, it's a, it's a. I guess it's Latin. Do, do you use it in English? I think it must must be used. I don't know. I don't. Is you it? Know, yeah. 
No, but seriously, because I wouldn't know how to like, then the, pronounce. Yeah. In, in, uh, in Russian, they say sentiment. Yeah, well, it's not. Wait, let me see. I don't think they're like wrong to use it. I'm just not sure how. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like obviously it's from like Latin. I imagine or sentiment. Um, yeah. It's like it's philosophical or whatever term from even something like from Nietzsche, I guess, originally. It means like one of the forms of resentment or hostility. And uh, this term been used like since the war started or even before to describe exactly this kind of, in simple terms, the kind of feeling of bitterness and that people share and that Putin could utilize. Yeah. And in order to, not to wage the war, he could wage it anyway, but to... Um, kind of get support for waging of the war and to keep going yeah uh yeah and so in that resentment um, people write about i think it's i think it's a kind of right idea i don't know if we need that term i mean it's just Uh, it's like a a term for for like a pretty basic uh concept which is you take basic you take someone you take people's grievances about something Mm -hmm. that are kind of like whatever they're about one thing and you use and you and, and you take you them can and, and use you, them about something and, and else. you redirect them into, into and you redirect. No, that's the target. not the term. Resentment is it, just a grievance. It's not about redirection. It's not about redirection. Oh, okay. No, it's not. Oh, about I see. Redirection. So it's not like a method of redirecting. No, it's not the method. So just it's okay. Just, so they have grievances. People just say that there is resentment. Okay. But but you know how liberals say they say there's <laughs> okay. like a. Uh, well, then you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, no, I'm actually. Well, I mean, maybe I, I don't get it. Then yeah. it's been all over the place. Well, I don't read that much liberal Russian liberal stuff, so yeah. But they're not totally wrong. Just when Soviet Union collapsed, and there was like years of, in a way, at least ideological, and not only an economical humiliation. Yes. Um, by the Western people, despite by the Western institutions for sure, and like I guess they consider the countries too, and the people, um, and uh, you, you kind of <laughs> know that stuff rather well through exile. Um, that that is that brought, like led to resentment, basically to sort of yeah. um, feeling that um, the days of the empire, or at least the Soviet empire, that yeah. the people who are who are alive now, they, they didn't know Russian Empire, so it's definitely Soviet. They were, in some ways, better or glorious or more dignified than what came after. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's I guess that's, I, the, yeah. that's the bitterness. I guess, I mean, my, my I guess what I was thinking about more, of course, I, like, that's to me kind of just this, the lost glory stuff or just, you know, the... And, yeah, I, the, and I, sorry, and that was quickly connected. That's how this, I think, discourse even came into being. They connected directly to what happened, um, resentment Germany felt after First World War. Mm-hmm. Also not untrue. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of retelling what's there in the discourse that I don't even argue against. Yeah. Even though I don't necessarily like yeah. the liberals that much, but just generally what's yeah. kind of how it's laid out. No. I mean, and, that's there, uh, but you know, I, I find that what, what you wrote about actually stuff that's, you know, again, something that they don't, it's something that liberals, that's sort of the top level kind of, I don't know, thing that you, it's, it's kind of obvious um, to to a lot of people. What I think was interesting about, how, you know, your perspective, you kind of went a little bit deeper than that, which is that the resent, the, this resentment, you know, that people had um, wasn't just about the, their lost, their lost, um, you know, glory or something or whatever, you know, in uh, these like vague kind of ideas, although, most people would be against. Most people are pretty anti-Soviet and anti-anti-Soviet in, in, in Russia. Um, 
So, but I guess maybe they're like lost standing or something in, in the world and like loss of respect. But, but what was more interesting is that like their own resentment against their own, against their own elites, you know, which was a, a big thing that bubbled that no one wanted to acknowledge, you know, yeah. the, uh, which you always talk about. I always talk about And you always it. write about this stuff when you do write about it. Um, you know, it's just that there is this powerful currents of, of, res- of uh, and it's sort of kind of unfocused right like it's focused to some degree but but also kind of it can it can it isn't like super ideological because they're like on the one hand um kind it's of ideological like, soup there it's not ideological yes, it's at just all. A, but it's but it is resentment against being robbed being yeah. kind of yeah being by realizing that they're that they, they have were, like the short end of the stick yeah they were that that the you know the privatization of russia and the collapse mm-hmm, of the soviet mm-hmm, union basically mm-hmm. they were they were they were screwed over in a massive way and they're suffering for it so that yeah that, and, that, the, and the weird part it's actually kind of interesting because like we not talk about some intellectuals or some like people who like write books and like i kind of like andrei Saldatov. i think he's kind of um one of the um few guys who would for years sort of cover the space and write write about this kind of new russian society call it like the new nobility yeah you know like the yeah. the ones that formed basically out of the security apparatus yeah and even and, and security apparatus that are the remnants yeah the, the same people kind of who in a way were functionaries and um yeah. late soviet union i imagine and came into power and money at the same time and uh, now kind of he here calls them new, the new nobility. I can actually link to his book. I think it is interesting. It's I, a great I've book. Yeah. Parts of it. But but so uh, all I'm saying, I'm not talking about these people. There's just like <laughs> how many of them in Russia. I'm talking about the ge- the, gen- the general vibe is really weird. And for years I've been kind of following that and I couldn't understand it. It's not that I have a very clear vision of um, sort of my, I don't know, sense of loss or bitterness or confusion about um, like life yeah. in Russia and just even my experiences, they were very confused. No particular ideology was uh, passed to me or th- things were not really explained to me in any way what's going on and why we live the way we live. Uh, anyway, but for, I feel, people who are even more, I don't know, provincial or less educated or have less ha- had less resources than I was, it's even more confusing, basically. Yeah. And from what I followed, it was really weird. They had the bitterness and um, hate, sometimes even towards, okay, the oligarchs, which is, I guess, correct. But but it was really bizarre. It would be like they would choose one guy, someone like Chubais, mm-hmm. which is interesting in the context of the war because he's one of the few ones who actually left after mm-hmm. the war started. And it only almost helped Putin and proved uh, the, that the the people... <laughs> yes, he's on the side of the people. Yeah, yeah, that the Putin is on the side of the people and this horrible, <laughs> supposedly, person, even though... The bad he, oligarchs, the non-patriotic the bad, ones. The yeah. bad oligarch left, and yes, he's horrible. But anyway, so this hate towards him like did exist, but then it was completely... I think it's in some ways misplaced. You can't just pick this one person yeah. and explain everything. And at the same time, the same people were not necessarily very nostalgic about Soviet Union or at least socialism. It was really weird if you would follow like the comment yeah. section where they hang out, because where else? They would weirdly talk about basically the Tsar and the Russian yeah. Empire and, uh, you know, Russian orthodoxy. Also, like, sometimes supporting Stalin. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, sometimes supporting Stalin, but not socialism. Yes. So Stalin is a strong leader. Because, yeah. Sort of yeah. not unlike Tsar, who they also support. <laughs> so it was, like, it was really weird. But then, I guess, in a way, primed for this. Yeah. <laughs> because it's such a soup. You, and you could, and, you, and it is, ref- it's actually reflected in, in the... In sort of the prop in the propaganda in the official propaganda that you see, like you know, there was the just confusion. 
Well, in the ideological mishmash, you know, we we talk mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot, you know. On yeah, we and, talk about it. Uh, you know, the mishmash of like, I mean, you can just see it. It's like it's pretty interesting. I mean, there was there, there was that rally. There was that rally um, right next to your house. Right. Where, when we actually stayed there a couple of years ago uh, in the summer. Yeah, the rally last. It, uh, the rally just a few days ago on the twenty fourth of February, um, right? Right. Which that is was the mark the year anniversary that Putin gave, gave a little speech, and there was this basically a like cultural. There were all these concerts. There was it was a concert. Basically, that but uh, it was a, a concert uh, because of February twenty third. Twenty third. Oh, that's right. It was. What do you say? No. Uh, well, uh, the, like the day of the defender of the fatherland. Basically, like it's Ma, about in our case, motherland. Motherland, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, you know, so it's basically it's an it's an annual um, right holiday. Uh, basically, it's, an like, annual it's, like, holiday. it's like Veterans Day or something, right? Like Kana, it's, it's, it's February twenty third every year. It has nothing to do with the but, war. This yeah. war, but now it's like aligned, and in a way, the yes. war has to do with this day, like connects yeah. to this day but, because it's because the invasion was on the twenty fourth, yeah, and they kind of come together because these are the people now defending your homeland from the sort of Western, uh, you know. Uh, Imperialism and all this stuff. So, but you, you, oh, there was a so there's a concert and just the flags and things that you see, you know, when, you know, on the screen, there are like commit like it's like it's the imperial Russian flag, you know, that, that Peter the Great instituted. Instituted. There are all like the different, um, more like ancient. Um, what do you call it? Like the coat of arms, you know, from mm-hmm. Moscow that have are more, you know, again have the like the Russian Orthodox iconography and Christian iconography. Uh, and have like this this kind of connection to it, you know. To and then there's Chechen flag for what to, reason? To an older kind of yeah, like more decentralized Russia, right? Of of, of like feudal times. What about Chechen? <laughs> there's the Chechen flag, which is, has the Ahmad Sila, which is the father of uh, Ram, Ramzan Kadyrov, is on it, <laughs> who was basically is the guy who kind of like stabilized Chechnya uh, after the Second War, a Chechen War, you know, under kind of Russian protection. He was assassinated in a in a stadium, I believe, uh, by a bomb, and then his son took over. His he's there, so. Then there's then there's the like the Soviet Army flag right that that was waved in Berlin right like that was you know hoisted up in Berlin on the uh, Reichstag uh, yeah on the Reichstag and then and so like there's all the, these different kinds of and there's I mean there might be some icons and stuff there I don't remember uh, but like but you just have all the different um, I mean layers of Russian history basically kind of mashed up against each other with each other it's pretty interesting it's like almost like an archaeological dig you know like yeah, yeah. Uh, but the where, problem is yeah. that like it's alright to create some sort of unity <laughs> or at least historically not to throw things away to, because it happened no. it, it's actually historically it's kind of interesting yes, because you create at least a continuum even if it's completely insane it only proves whoa we Russians are crazy like three revolutions <laughs> in one century new flags whatever interesting well, at yeah. least but uh, w- what they do that's why I don't really like say oh it's just like all this mishmash no it's actually very vile because while it's all there like the rhetoric is like this um but it's also the rhetoric is not clear. But it, but it's basically Soviet Union was not great. Yeah. Uh, the ideology of Soviet Union is rubbish. Yes. Lenin was horrible. <laughs> and but here's he a- is he is in a way the reason that all these little people like Ukrainians even had their sort of republic, semi-independent, whatever, yeah. really semi-independently governed, and that's why they even could act yeah. the way they did. And now we have to show, <laughs> to show them. So think about this. So that's yes. the creator of Soviet Union. Yeah. Yet, I mean, the Second World War was won by the Soviet people, yeah. not just by the Russians, by the Soviet people in the name of socialism in many ways. Yes. And 
they they can't really hide that at least when it goes into archival footage but that's what we persevered against like but it's like it's weird because it's just it's about persevering against some uh western foreign foreign I'll tell, I mean, I'll tell you uh-huh. what it is. It's because like, with this rally, I mean, I think it clarifies what you're saying. It's, it's, it's interesting what they're doing because they're trying to create a, a historical through line they through, try, through yeah. all the different types of ideologies that are completely opposed against to each other. Within cre- 100 years, actually. Just. Within more than 100 because they go to the back to okay, remember. Okay, more. But they went back to the, Napoleonic, uh, the Napoleon's invasion of Russia. Sure, but and they the went last to, 100 years are the most problematic for them. Don't you notice? I, I got you, I got you. But they're trying to. But, uh, but there's an interesting thing there, which is they're trying to create like a, a stable line through it all which is basically I, I understand what it is I mean they are they, they have to they have to ultimately rest on a, on a kind of an imperial right like multi-ethnic empire identity right like it's, yes, it's but, our, they, but right, yeah. the identity they cannot be united by the internationalism not by so not internationalism, internationalism. No. So it's like so it has to it, ha- it rests on basically a kind <laughs> on of, a a tsar, of tsar. On, on the tsar and, the, and a kind of a multi-ethnic Russian a pre-nationalist uh, empire, right? A pre, uh, 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 an empire that existed before nationalism began to kind of eat away at its. Well, at, its... at least that seems so. That's what they're saying. No, yeah, because so they're they're trying to go back to, to to that kind of ideology, you know. So anyway, it's it's very strange, but yeah, but I mean, I feel like you know the resentment that they're doing, which is why we're saying the redirection. So there's this kind of yes, there's a resentment or whatever, but there's also a redirection of the resentment, right? Because you're you're taking like a lot of internal resentment. You know, in, in, like against its own, people's in, internally against their own. No, elites. for sure, and and you yeah. just uh, <laughs> you redirected and you to and, the and, and, enemy to the right. enemy, and you know it's a classic strategy. It's like it's it's pretty ob- it's pretty classic. I mean, and, and yeah, and, but I'm not sure. Like I there's, there's, I keep talking about it, but I don't know if people understand how bad it is. And uh, I'm not saying America is great, but I don't know if it's that bad here in this regard. So. To do, yes, it is a redirection of resentment, but the thing is, like, people in Russia are so and have been and still are so poor and kind of in many ways deprived and just I don't even know what they. Obviously, they noticed that Soviet Union collapsed, but um, for them it just meant maybe more like loss of a job. I don't know what it meant for them ideologically. Maybe not much loss of a job, and just more poverty and uh, sometimes even hunger. You know, in the nineties, yeah. and then since then it got better, but it's still like no prospects. It's not. I, I, people, I, I yeah. don't know for 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 a lot of people for majority, and so actually um, going out to war and being in the army is their social elevator. Yeah. Um, and it actually can't even work. Yeah. So if you look um, at it, just you know, in terms of um, kind of how you manage the society, there's almost like some. It almost makes some kind of sense. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. America has similar processes at work because most of the army, most of the, its sort of volunteer for, armed forces that are made up of people who go there, who have gone there per, primarily because of their, like it's it's actually a, a good career path. You can you, you get free college. You but get I'm all not these, talking yeah. about good career path. Let's say in America, I, mean, I don't I mean, sense. A, 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 can I, I compare a, something? Yeah, I, I don't a, sense this. Like, um, I know I never lived in places like that live lived but i've seen a little bit when we would like i don't know drive through america i mean obviously there are poor people with no prospects blah blah you can repeat what i said about uh, russians there there are those in america but they don't have this kind of bubbling uh, i think resentment and kind of like 
violence underneath. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a bit different. So there, it's almost kind of perfect that they have to go to war because they literally have no future. They don't fit into any systems, and uh, I don't I don't even know. Right? It's. I mean, I'm not the first one to talk about it. I mean, it's yeah, almost sure. like, hey, yes. this is these are the bodies. Yeah, sure, yes, yes, almost yes. like good to <laughs> to get rid of some of them. No, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah, I mean, yeah, you need you, you look. You, that's why you have all the you know the no, the, but also the, 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 yeah. the pretty good like whatever payouts you get from joining up and um, you know and the payouts that your family gets if you get killed and all these things. I mean, they're like. Sweetening it financially, so yeah, it's but, like but, it, lo- oh, but, it looks attractive, you, you know. You, you yeah. know what? I, I obviously can can like prove anything. What can I prove? But um, just back to the fact that there was this concert and the rally and the Putin speech and stuff like that for the <laughs> one year anniversary. Um, I guess you noticed like there was nothing. How to, how to say? It looks like now the it's just time of war indefinitely and not clear how it should end there nothing um kind of only vague terms about something will win at the end for sure it seems like there's like just a logic of war that took over Mm -hmm. and it's fitting for them putin seemed very happy after some as you said some what do you call hiccups in the beginning when they were clearly not uh doing the blitz when the last time when the last time we recorded an episode about Mm -hmm. like the different rallies and different uh, public Mm -hmm. events that suddenly putin was doing a lot of the very beginning of the war i mean he was he seemed really agitated and really right. yeah and it, he, that's gone now that's gone he's he seems on top to be, of he's it. very confident very smiley he's got like he's got botox like he's got like a new level of botox on his around his mouth his mouth looks very weird like he just he's just i don't know um whatever you know i mean the, but he is but the the, 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 the yeah the the yeah the mood you know or his attitude at least publicly what he's projecting to people um, is very different, you know, and I feel like they're probably, you know, I mean, because they realize that they can, what they can, it's pretty clear that they know that this war is going to go on for a long time. No, but it also, and that, and that, pretty and that it's clear it, that there's enough support and yes, it works. And that, and that they can, it, yeah, the new wartime sort of, new wartime forces that they have unleashed in, in their country are actually like good, good, good for, for them. Yeah, good for them, you know. Because they were and not so, 100% sure, and no. I know there were even like the small protest or yeah. some people that would come out to protest and, against the war throughout this year or in the beginning. And, they were like super harsh on them, and you know. And, and it's not, yeah, and it's not just like people supporting. I mean, I think just generally economically and politically, I mean, so there's a political internal thing which is tied to like the econ- economy of the country. But the economy didn't collapse like a lot of people thought or maybe like they feared it would happen as well you know they're basically you know the only people that are really uh you know like internationally they actually have quite a lot of support you know through and, and not a lot of countries are like joining up and sort of you know sanctioning them and i trying to isolate them and really not it's enough a, i mean it's really just a west it's a western european kind of thing and an american you know and a, and a north american uh Basically, it's like the – and I guess the Commonwealth, you know, you got like Australia and places like that that, that support this. But really, it's – They're fine. It's like all of Asia is like neutral to supportive. Uh, you know, Turkey is like uh, basically a, a conduit for, for all sorts of trade, you know, replacing um, things that, that are, they can't import directly from the West. Uh, they can do it through through kind of more shadow ways through Turkey and through places like Georgia. And so they're they're reconfigured all their supply lines. They're selling their oil. They're um, you know they're kind of the economy hasn't collapsed. 
uh, it's contracted. Obviously, you know, people are you know things are not as good as they used to be. But like, so they've like been able to create the stability. You know, a kind of a maintain a level of stability and internally mobilize support, patriotic support for the country. And so it's like they look they're, they're strutting around pretty good, and they're pretty confident. I think they think they can like win a war of attrition against Ukraine and that at some point, you know, the West is going to... It doesn't even matter. The fact that they can keep going yeah. and also restructure their kind of the ideology and, you, and, you, and turn yeah. it into... Yeah. It might, you know, you know, and it's funny. More time yeah. for, for... Not forever, but for a long time and, is good for them. And my buddy in um, St. Petersburg, you know, I talked to him not that long ago and he said, yeah, it's like you don't even like just the the way that people are the way that people think you know the way that people are reacting to this inside the country it's like if you really want to pay attention to the war you can you know like you can you know if you read about but if you're disconnected from the news cycle and from just like it doesn't you don't you suddenly you forget that the war is going on well and uh, since maybe it's going to be the new round of mobilization it can happen then yeah. then there will be a new panic just, yeah. no but that's like a, a serious thing but they've, but they've also I think moderated that because that initial panic really was not not good but I'm just saying that like I don't know what, I'm just saying his 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 like what he's saying, how it feels, you know. But you don't need to talk to them. We went there. It, it we saw it. No, I yes, know that. But, but nothing's going on. I know exactly. But just as a person who lives there and has, it just like, does feels like there. everything is more expensive. Yeah. So the inflation is real. But other than that, yeah. So yeah, they can keep going. But again, it's it's sort of perfect for them because, um, let's say, um, some just poor people, yeah. or let's say in this specific uh, regard men, guys, young guys, sitting there knowing they have no future and uh, it's not like they can have some sort of, a majority of them, some sort of career or education. You know, what's what's the ideology of neoliberal, what's the neoliberal logic of this all? This is the alternative. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and in, in some ways... Sense, in that sense, it's better for them because before they, had, they didn't even have that. Before, that's what yeah, I said. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Worked yeah. out. Yeah, and there is even some glory potentially. Yeah, and there's something to, to fight there, for. Yeah. And there's some... Yeah, hopefully... I mean, it's horrible if... And that's the... Obviously, we're kind of joking about some things because I'm just describing the logic of Putin's elites. Um, but for a simple person who... Yeah, who has to let's say go to war, but doesn't believe in it and sees through that. I mean, it's horrific. So I don't know. Yeah. That happens. But there's also this other thing. It's like you know, for 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 all the all this time, you know, the army, and you know, was a joke, right, in Russian society, and suddenly, yeah. and suddenly. Like, there is a reason they need to defend the country. But yeah, and suddenly, Def- like you are. Yes, you, you see, they infected me because that's how they say. I have, I have to say because like they invaded. But uh, the rhetoric because I watched for two hours this concert uh, slash rally in Luzhniki, yeah. like um, near my house. Uh, the whole rhetoric is they just defending the country. Yeah, and I kind of repeated it now but, that they're the ones who are under attack. Well, you know, I'll tell you this though. I mean, like again, this is what I mean. After a year of watching this thing. Um, you know, like if you look at the other side now, I mean, literally, what you're talking, what, most of the stuff that comes out of, you know, like a lot of the stuff that comes out of the West and out of America and Amer- and sort of the foreign policy circles, and you know, official people in the, in the you know Department of Defense and State Department. I mean, they, they they are they talk in this way, you know. So it's like there is they talk about the need to basically uh, for for Russia to suffer a catastrophic defeat you know not no, like not like not I, to no, be ki- I know, yeah. I know but for, it's like for, they want to break propo- it break the, it into small proposals of about breaking it into you know whatever million different pieces into whatever like some kind of nationalist uh, isn't you know, it what uh, Scottkin wants or something 
Well, Kotkin, I think Kotkin is weird because Kotkin, uh, Stephen Kotkin, who's uh, you know the sort of historian, um, kind of a, a conservative historian of, of his focuses on Stalin, who is a pretty good book about Stalin. Um, I mean, I, he wants basically he wants a kind of a. Um, I think he wants to turn this uh, war into a kind of a Korea type of situation where essentially, you know, like to support. Ukraine or whatever what's left of it that isn't like occupied you know because we probably won't be able to kick Russia out out of out of the territories that it's sort of occupied so far you know and so he he proposes essentially creating a militarized zone accepting uh, Ukraine into the EU and into NATO and basically creating it and then flooding it with like development money to to build up this you know very um um uh, vital, revitalized uh, industrial kind of country that has high tech because they're you know Ukraine does have a lot of programmers and a lot of sort of engineering knowledge and things like that that's it's it's been used as an uh, kind of an offshoring base for you know programming in Silicon Valley for many years now um, so he has the, that's his idea for for the future of of Ukraine and he sees it as uh, the fight with Russia as a civilizational fight you know a fight between like freedom democracy and a kind of a totalitarian asiatic perspective i mean that's kind of his perspective and i think he is essentially channeling a kind of a you know i think what like the mainstream um uh idea is of this fight i mean you know when you had biden come go to kiev and do his little speech like you know that's how he talks about it this is not to them like this is not about them they, they, they talk about it in terms of, I don't know, in the same way they talked about it, the war on terror or something, which is that, like, this is a freedom, this is a fight between democracy, between democracy and liberty, and this sort of dark forces that want to bring you know us back. That's, what's that's, kind of evil about this is that I don't even care if uh, they stand for something good. The problem is that actually this rhetoric, I don't know if they understand, only helps Putin because, like, um, uh, they mean on it. his chat. Yeah, but it. the yeah. thing is, they mean uh, without spinning any lies they can um show this type of speeches on channel one it's like the federal whatever prop- main propaganda channel in russia yeah. and just translate it and that would only justify in a way the war and, and all this stuff so they they only in some ways making it worse I, at least like but they want to make it worse <laughs> rhetorically no worse that the russians only support more they will well, they love that because because it's like because they want the war. I mean, I don't know. We, uh, you know, you were, you asked earlier. You know, like oh, I was thinking about if I might. You know, if you were saying if you you were thinking about if your own thoughts about what's going to be happening there. You know, proved to be correct, and and they did. And and I was thinking about this too because I wrote a couple of things. You know, when this war just happened, and I was like. You know, one of the things that I was saying is that, like, everybody wants this war. I mean, this is a war now that, like, everybody's into. The, America wanted this war, and so now, like, and, and and America really wanted this war. I mean, this is a perfect war for America, you know. And the more that Russians support Putin and the more that that country keeps keeps waging the war and, like, kind of the more, I think, the American elites, you know, the foreign policy, foreign policy establishment, whatever you want to call it like actually wants this like it's 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 perfect for america like you you're waging a war through through on on proxy uh, in a, right? you know through a proxy through against a country that you know is essentially have been the, it's it sees as a kind of as a as a as a, a weaker you know uh, as a weaker competitor you know uh, and and easily easily vanquished and they want to like i don't know they want to reduce that country to some kind of like secondary status you know that doesn't have 
um, you know that that can no longer challenge the sort of American you know hegemony in the region, and so it's like it's it's a perfect war. America never has to fight anything, anyone directly. It's it makes money by by providing you know American companies, uh, American sort of national security kind of companies that make these weapons. You know they profit handsomely off this, and these country these companies have a huge influence but on the political they process. Donate, they donate for free to Ukraine. They don't sell. Yeah, but who pays for it? <laughs> Someone has to pay for it. The American government taxpayers? pays for it. Well, right. whatever. The American government pays pays for it, right? Yeah, right. taxpayers. I mean, the thing is about America is that a lot of the money that it spends doesn't come from directly from taxes. It comes from just basically, you know, like you know, creating money out of out of thin air, essentially. But right. but whatever. So, but the money's created, people get rich, and so there's this, there's a constant replenishment of money for for the security state. There's like there's a revitalization of this sort of of this Cold War infrastructure, and like someone like Stephen Kotkin, who's basically channeling the elite view of this war, he's he's for it. He's saying. We he says directly he says like and I'm paraphrasing paraphrasing like we, we you know it's like we want to thank Putin for this war because we, nothing is nothing has revitalized sort of Western um, identity you know more than this war right because it sort of brought the West together and, and it was kind of fracturing and fraying and had all these problems and so it brought you know the West America and Europe together uh, in a in a way that you know uh, in a way that. Is beneficial for Western civilization. You know, that's kind of how he talks. Um, and so, you know, it's a it's a perfect war. You just you're 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 uh, other people are dying, other people are fighting. You know, and you're just providing the weapons and you're providing the material support for it. And it's sort of like, and you know, and I you know it's like it was. And so, what's interesting about it is that, like, you know, I don't know. There's all these people. There's all these talks about we need to like push for. Negotiations, and, and I'm in theory, I'm supportive of that. But I don't think anybody wants to negotiate at this point. Like, I don't think Putin is Russia is really wants to stop the war. I mean, it's they think they can probably. It seems that way, you know. So and this war is just going to go on until. I mean, I don't even know. Like, until maybe Ukrainian people are like are exhausted from fighting. I mean, I, I, I feel like their probably exhaustion levels will be reached faster than the Russian exhaustion levels. But I don't really. I no, know. I mean, unless like, unless Ukrainians basically drop their weapons and like walk out of the, walk off the battlefield or something, like how is this war going to end? You know, everybody's... Wow, you've every- been very optimistic. You don't get it. You, what are you describing, despite the horrors of the people involved, it's very optimistic. Y- yes. There's well, another, mean, there's whole other scenarios, like a lot you, of people You talk mean about, about nuclear war? Of or? course. No, not that, um, not that they're unfounded. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's one of those. The nuclear war is one of those things that, like, um, yeah, hangs over the whole, hangs over the whole. Um, but now more than ever, come on! Like of one of the things you say, oh, just America loves it. I mean, one of the things, whatever evil stuff America did, they never fucked around with the people who like, actually have the atomic bomb, like this, like in this, in the no. same kind of sort of uh, diff- like offensive, kind of humiliating, like I don't know, yeah. all kind of ways you know at least rhetorically whatever way so i don't know like if if you don't sense this i don't know what to say well of course i sense it i mean it's like that's why like discussing what ukraine like i mean that just doesn't matter that's what matters well there are other things that happen can happen before you know uh america and and russia come go into direct war direct conflict with each other and one or the other feels that the only way that they can save themselves is by launching a nuclear attack on the other. I mean, there's a lot of levels I'm right before we can reach. Well, I'm just saying that why it, you know? people around <laughs> are so well, concerned. I'm, 
I know, I know. But I mean, but 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 that's the insanity of this fucking war is that what is essentially you know a kind of a, a regional conflict right between uh, the elites of different of of of. of of two countries that border each other and have been kind of, you know, connected with each other for for, for thousands of years uh, or hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, probably thousands of years, kind of stretching it, um, you know, uh, is has turned into a into into a into a, a kind of a you know a war in which one one empire that is not, has nothing to do with is not even bordering, you know, has not is not even close to to, to this territory, you know, is playing a material part in this war. I mean, America is is basically you know, this is not a war. There's not like there isn't a, you know, what kind of surprise. What's what's really kind of sad about this whole thing is that there isn't really any major ideological differences between, let's say, uh, you know, Ukraine and and Russia. Not really. I mean, their political systems okay are, are different slightly, but not that different. The people are are different, not that different. Um, the, if Russia, let's say were to completely, you know, was were to completely kind of come into Kiev unopposed and like install their own government there, very few things that would actually change, you know, in, in the lives of people, I think. You know, I mean, yes, the political system would be different, but it, it wouldn't be like they would be, you know, wiping out some one ethnicity or there wouldn't be like a genocide against some kind of unwanted ethnicity in that country. It's just, they're, 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 the countries are very close together culturally, politically, um, ethnically, linguistically. I mean, it's just they're religiously, it's like they're, they're like a continuum of each other, right? And so, um, you know, like so, this is like a kind of a, a regional, a regional conflict, and you know, it's okay, fine. You know, the Ukrainian people can like ask an outside power to come and help them in this fight, but the outside power, you know, in this case, America, has sort of been in that fight, in 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 this conflict, obviously involved before this invasion took place. I mean, obviously. Uh, but just in general, like w- the question is, what is America doing there? Why is it doing it? You know, like no one even asks this question. So it's like the 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 way that it, because the way that it's presented to people in America is that this is some kind of like universal fight again, part of the fight against t- autocracy or you know totalitarianism or evil or whatever the hell, and that we are fighting for the for for for, for liberty and and democracy and and uh, the free world. Um, but like, w- what are America's actual interests in that war? What does it matter to people here? You know, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the people who run this country or who are profiting of this war, but the actual people who live in this country. I mean, there's no, they have no interest in it whatsoever. I mean, it doesn't matter to them if it's like that chunk of the land is a is a quasi oligarchic democracy, you know, controlled by oligarchs, or it is. I a guess, more as, as as you said, the, what matters to people, they don't think about it, but it re- is reflected in some sort of through me, like everything through media, is that there is more unity. And confidence in this usual narrative of freedom yeah. and liberty and blah blah blah, democracy. I mean, it's funny because <laughs> capitalist democracy, even though Russia is capitalist too. Hello. Anyway, um, so there's more unity in this narrative. So I guess maybe there's some kind of <laughs> positive unity. But what's interesting because you talk about this perspective, I think for me as a Russian, like despite I need to see, uh, there are definitely now a few millions of 
refugees slash emigrates, I would call them even emigrates from Russia, usually from more, maybe even upper middle classes, you know, like a certain, certain class of people who like left, I don't know, maybe they'll never come back, who knows, I, I, I don't yeah. want to predict, maybe they will if the war ends or Putin dies or something like this, but despite all this, actually, there's a similar trend in Russia because the ones who stayed and some of them willingly among the elites not only because of the sanctions I don't know there are different reasoning behind behind yeah. it there's like more unity than ever on some level yes. and I don't know I know like the emigres and the sort of refugees and I I mean I guess I'm one of them but just different not from the war from before uh, can be united too and they don't want to see this kind of unity. They only talk, you know, they only talk about the creation um, through the war of a real unity among Ukrainians and, and a, a creation of their national identity, yeah. basically because of Putin in a way like yeah. Ukraine, Ukrainian identity becoming stronger and actually yeah. is more united than ever. They focus on that. You, you know, it's interesting. Yes, exactly. But what what they don't talk about because they're disgusted by it whatever I guess me too but I kind of try to be a bit like yes. I don't know Not a, I'm not above anything but at least to look at it from a slightly different angle well there's unity in Russia too yes. you, can, you can sense it yes. and that's back to the rally um, that celebrated the year anniversary you can kind of see it I know sure some people were sort of bust into yeah. uh, the rally to sit there and to wave the flag yeah okay it's, it's, yeah. It, it happens you know from I guess some kind of government organizations i don't know whatever but it also some of the people who um were like hosts of yeah. the rally like you can sense there's something it, it somehow got to some of them at least i mean they're the, almost crying you know, right yes like it, it's there's people there who on stage didn't have to be there if they didn't want to be there right like those guys like those 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 the the, the, the i think so and, and so and and the, these pretty famous Russian um, actors who were tearing up basically while they were like taking part in the, in the celebration and, and I don't think if they didn't want to be there they didn't it's you don't have to yeah maybe I don't know does someone hold you at gunpoint I doubt I it, doubt it. I there'd be know. other ones that would be kind of be you know the, willing you to know do the, it. the the liberals would say oh everyone's left <laughs> so that's the only one standing I don't know I'm not. I don't, but I they're, don't know. they're kind of they're not they're like some of these people were are not like kind of some kind of like reactionary super conservative Russian patriots. I mean, they no, were like no. wanted to be in the West. They wanted to have careers. Yeah, in the West. I think the interesting thing, speaking of uh, Aspen in America or like trying to make movies, uh, yeah, like the major. I think he was one of the. Was he even the opening guy? Vladimir Mashkov. Uh, he's like a really famous actor. He's now probably in his 60s. He was the one really tearing up. And since the war started, or even before that, he was pretty like kind of open about his support. Mm -hmm. And he's an interesting case. Again, as you said, it's not like some kind of like uber ultra conservative force or some person who doing that is the only way to be famous. He's like independently famous independently from politics or anything like yes. that and for a while um he was living actually in los angeles because he was working um you know i guess it wasn't like major roles i need i need to see what it was but he was working a little bit in hollywood and maybe maybe he thought it would be more work i have no idea but yeah and, um, actually me and your friend ran into him and in, in like in the one of the in Marina del Rey. It's funny. <laughs> I guess in, near was, Venice Beach, yeah. Yeah, near Venice Beach, basically. He was just also, I don't know, I think biking or walking <laughs> around. 
Um, this was like 2010 or something, right? Like, like maybe even early. 2009. Yeah, maybe 2009. Yeah, I, I, I just came, I came it, back to America then. Right, because yeah. I guess he was still <laughs> trying, trying to do the Hollywood thing. Um, so my point is that he, he and, at and, least and, lived here. He knows English. I don't know. All I want to say, it's not like some kind no, of... No, this war is unified people. And, and I think, you know, and like you were saying when we were watching this, we were watching, you know, the televised version of this rally. Um, and you were saying that, you know... Um, the uh, yes, that's of right. The people? Uh-huh. Like, like you know, uh-huh. a lot of the people who are, uh, especially like in sort of media circles, uh, you know, more famous people who are taking partaking taking part in the rally. I mean, these are people who are not like from the provinces who've never been to America, have never been to Europe, never been anywhere in the world, and so they're easily duped into you know supporting this kind of whatever you know Putin's new kind of new patriotic Russia, right? No, a lot of these people have been in the West, like have like been there, you know, more than you know, more like, than tourists. I mean. More than some of them have lived in the West, have owned property right. in the West, maybe. Maybe still own property in the West. I mean, so they they know what the West is, and 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 so their rejection of it and their sort of like their patriotic consolidation actually is. Well, it a, comes from bitterness too. It comes, so. yes, it comes from bitterness too, and also may, you know, but also from a, from like they they're throwing in their lot with Russia. Yeah. In, in, in like not like there's something there's like there's a, a modicum, modicum of gen, genuine yeah. sentiment there. Yeah. Which I can kind of understand as a person who also lived here for a long time, not that I can it's hard for me to imagine the whole like excitement about Putin yeah. <laughs> and all that but you know the which is I don't know how they reconcile it but the whole idea of some genuine patriotic feeling yeah. <laughs> and fuck the West is not totally like mysterious you know and that the West is hypocritical and that <laughs> yes, the West and yes, that the West that. the West doesn't have all the answers that there are all these problems in the West right and that their own future you know you don't you don't have to hitch your future to to, to the West it's not the only path no and also and, and the West is not some kind of glorious um, sort of very kind yes. some sort of angel <laughs> I don't know. It's you know how they what and, what the rhetoric is, and so they know it's hypocritical. So so and it's weird. But then the problem with this, I just want to reiterate. I think we keep repeating this. Is like okay, this is all true. Okay, about the West. But then what you 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 can become like a vile cannibal or something. Like you can do like vile things just because the West is bad. Yeah, I think it's like a really weird logic. If that's the logic, some people. You know, yeah. like let's say the one you're describing, more elite people who like on the side of, remained on the side of Russia. Yeah, that's a really weird logic, don't you think? But it's a normal logic because most people are pretty simple in their thinking. You know, it's like also this is like your land. This is your, you know, this is where you're from. This is where you're, you know, you know, like this is also the place that you, you kind of made you who you are. You know, there aren't actually a lot, that many opportunities for you in the West career-wise. I mean, think about like that guy Palunin, you know, like the, the dancer. Oh man, there's this like so talented, <laughs> like the genius ballet dancer. And yeah. uh, he was for a while, I think, with the um, Royal Ballet in London or something. Yeah. And, um, he was a star. <laughs> he was a star. He was a principal dancer there. And um, something went off, basically they canceled him. He is <laughs> kind of a bit... Um, not PC. <laughs> he went on about like fat women or something. Or there are different gay, things. Gay, like gay, gay, whatever. whatever. He, said he went a little bit on a rant. On a rant I think you know? he wasn't. Um, <laughs> just generally, he was kind of you can say stupid because like why do you need to <laughs> to talk? You're a dancer, and um, since then for a while he was back in Russia, and uh, he's like one of the most vocal supporters to the degree that he has. Uh, I think even maybe two faces of Vladimir Putin, if not three. Uh, tattooed on his chest, <laughs> and there's uh, uh, 
check it out. No, maybe two. No, maybe two on one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Putin tattoos. Maybe it's a two Putin tattoos. Definitely, yeah, on his chest and um, like a what do you call it? Not flag, but like um, get get a Oh, the coat of arms or whatever. Coat, the, the, yeah. the double-headed eagle. Yeah, yeah, coat of arms of of Russia on the back of his palm, and just it just yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> the, the whole thing. And he constantly, whenever there is opportunity, he you know. He says what a great leader Vladimir Putin is, and you know he will stand yeah. by him and stuff like that. So clearly, genuinely, yeah, this is genuine stuff. But he's a dancer, so what do you? And isn't he? He might even be from Ukraine, right? Like from like, he is from Ukraine. Yeah, he's also Ukrainian. He, he's Ukrainian Russian, you know. He's yeah, like, but from uh, the territory of Ukraine. He's from yeah. the eastern Ukraine. Yes, I can't remember which city. Yeah, Kharkiv maybe. God. Anyway, so so that's like a, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's, yeah, there's a lot of people know? like that, and that do, it's genuine, and you can understand it because, again, like it's just in this world, in this world, yeah. where you have to choose the kind of you the have to side, you have to choose way, a side, right? you know, and like, and if you don't choose a side, if, you, if you're Which against everything, you, you fall, you, you're you're nothing. You fall through the cracks. You become you, this podcast. You become us, basically. <laughs> you don't. If you don't choose a side, you're yeah, like you're an outcast. I mean, which is actually a kind of I think a very human maybe tendency. You know, it's like if you don't have a tribe that you're with, you don't have a group of people that you're with. Go die. Yeah, you just go out on your own and go pick some bugs from the ground and like you. And you know, maybe you'll or, fi- and maybe you'll be able to. That's one of the own. yeah. Some of the cult leaders tend to be that way, so you can probably create your own. Try it out. No. I mean, it's not like impossible and well, not it's forbidden. T- it's, it's not impossible, but it's pretty tough. But I mean, just generally speaking, like the the the, the I think the 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 impulse to join a group is a very powerful. It's natural, right? It's a powerful one, and because the group gives you protection, the group gives you meaning, group gives you a sense of yeah. But you know, I don't know. If so this nation, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's the episode we should talk about about this. But kind of, I've been interested because we're in this weird, as they say, liminal space. Yeah. <laughs> Of neither here nor there, not because of squishiness, because of true ambiguity of the situation. The, the way at least I feel, not because I'm squishy, because it's actually really. Complex I don't really see thing. much difference between the two. So things, no, to be but honest. how then? What is the other space? Like, okay, you're against. Why not say yeah, American Empire? You can call it that. Yeah. And you against whatever the Russian aggression or Russian, the Putin's <laughs> tyrannical rule and his. Attempts at least at empire or yeah. his provincial empire, still kind of empire like. Yeah. And then what? Like, okay, where can you, where do you end up? You can be sort of, there is that space, you can be, um, what do you call it? Is it like a radical? Come on, you know these people. Like, you can be like a sort of conspiracy theorist, um, radical outcast with a cult following. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, uh, I mean, there's, you, there's, it's, it's a, it's a low, I mean, yeah, you have to create your own little, you have to create your own identity, which is, you know, but then, you know, it's, I mean, I think, again, it's then, uh, yeah, you, you create your own identity, but you, I mean, but there's also, you know, again, we're like in these, in these systems that, that, I mean, look, I mean, what is, what, why should you, it, it, it it's this idea of like, okay, what is this? Why should you pledge fealty to this American identity? Like, what is this American identity? What, what does it even mean? You know, there's multiple, there's many, many actually ideas of what it means to be a Russian, what it means to be an American, well, right? It, there are many things, yeah. and some of them so, are very positive. Some yeah, of them are. So, and so, I mean, there's like, can you, can, you can. So when you. Like, for instance, why do you fully. Because I don't fully reject the whole Russian thing. I even sometimes laugh at the thing. I understand how 
when you're exiled or whatever in immigration, you can become a Russian nationalist. I totally get the logic. Yeah. No, because it semi happened to me. But like, I don't reject all of this identity. You kind of reject the American identity. I don't know why so fully. And, I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't feel like I reject American identity. I mean, I reject aspects of. Um, you know of American society and and American ways of thinking about things, and but I. It, but what do the, you accept? You reject the, but all the, of but, it. But what I actually, I mean, the the older I get, I mean, I actually reject a lot of. I mean, I I actually don't see. The older I get, I don't actually see that much difference between American society and Ru- and Russian society. You know, there's a lot of things that are and the things that I'm critical of, I think, are actually kind of cross the boundary, cross the border. You know, I mean, America just has a very unique kind of. It's it's the most powerful empire in the history of the human race. You know, in terms of it's just you know in terms of its military might in terms of its financial and kind of economic reach mm-hmm. and so and you know and it's built on a lot of kind of like a lot of empires are it's built on a, you know this sort of a lot of violence and and then you know in America it kind of hides this violence through this sort of rhetoric of basically civilizing the world and making it you know better I mean, so I'm critical of that. I'm critical of, you know, aspects of this thing. I'm critical of, I don't know, the the, the, the kind of the effects of the industrial society uh, that that is at the core um, and the sort of technological society but that's at the core. Don't you want to be part of some group? Do you want some acceptance? I mean, I feel I feel like the you people know? who I'm friends with and the people who I know in my life are kind of, I mean, they. I don't think they get me. You know, I think, I mean, but do I need an acceptance from, um, you know, my the people who live next to me? I mean, you, probably, you know, uh, uh if I had to ever talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't talk to no, us. No, they don't talk to That's kind of the problem with this fucking world. It's like, I you don't even... like, yeah. you know, one of the... I, I keep talking just, about <laughs> it. It's so comic. It's almost it's like worth some sort of little sitcom. Uh, across the street from us, the same house, on the same first floor, there's like a family with a young child who's up like us at 6.30 in the morning. We look at them. And I even showed Ia, like our daughter, like, hey, like, yeah, this is like, there's a baby there. And she was so, she was actually really excited. She's like, baby, baby. (laughs) And we see them moving there. The dad is, whatever I call them, dad and mom. I I don't care who they are. They move around. And I never talked to them. It's been over a year. Yes. It's going to be a year and That's a half. That's America for you. That's yeah. literally just, what? <laughs> We're the only kids in the street. They're the only kids in the street. In the, that, like maybe five blocks around. Well, you know? yeah, on this street for sure. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, anyway, that's America's I, I, that's, society. That's America. That, that one I'll never accept because yeah. this is just I waved to them once, you know, and they wave back. Yeah, but they feel, <laughs> you know, people here feel threatened by supposed intimacy they think you're forcing on them. Yeah. Really weird. And, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Anyway, I don't want to. That's a that's separate all, subject. You're getting. I mean, look. There's like, look. I don't know. It's partial. I mean, I think a lot of this stuff is personality based. You know, like I'm, my personality. I think is 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 kind of fucked up in a way. I'm like, I'm one of the small percentages of. You know, I guess you, if you want to be like some kind of like population analysis or, or something, you know, there's like, oh, well, in every population, there'll be people with this kind of tendency, with this kind of tendency. I feel like my tendency is very anti-system. Like, I have a trouble fitting into. A system like uh, into like I actually rebel against it, and I, it it comes out in all sorts of ways, you know, um, in 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 many different uh, environments, not just you know on, at a job or, or like any, any, in all environments. So I'm like anti-system, and actually, so so are you. you we we deal with it in different ways. I'm more aggressive. I will like lash out against the thing. You you are kind of more you you have a like actually kind of a, a sneakier and maybe even more effective way of, of dealing with it, which is that you kind of are like. Yeah, but you yeah. you like, like blow my cover. 
Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> I blow your cover. <laughs> Sorry, because I start ranting about everything. Yeah. Well, you know, we got to infiltrate separately. You know, the the system. Anyway, the point is, is that I think <laughs> I think this is a personality base, and, and I think that like I just I whenever I'm join uh, whenever I'm in a system or some kind of group, and there's like the group sort of you know you have to kind of you, there are rules, there are things you have to believe, there's uh, ways you have to act, and I kind of rebel. Uh, my, my tendency is to rebel against some of them at least, you know, or have like chafe at them. Um, uh, I think it's probably fairly common. I don't know, probably on different different levels of of of. Um, you just said it's a rare, it's very rare. I mean, I'm part of. I'm, not, I'm saying. Well, I'm not. Know, I don't know how rare it is. I think it's just a part of the population that's like that, or maybe it, it's not population. Maybe it has to do with my own. I don't know. It's, maybe no, it's not I think genetic. it's minority. Yeah. Why would you say it's popular? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I would think it's minority. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, cast myself as an elitist. You know, I'm, ah. I'm part of the. I'm part of the uh, unconformist elite. You know, no, that lives on the street. You yeah. say it first. Oh, that's like a tiny minority, and then there are people like that, and they say, but maybe it's very popular. <laughs> maybe it's bigger than. Maybe it's bigger than we think. You know. Um, yeah, but people just deal with it. Yeah, people Who cope knows? with it in different ways. Like I don't know. I just. I. I actually. I. I. I don't think so. I think people want to be a part of the group and accepted by the group. I guess, I mean, my whole problem is I kind of always see the contradictions and those things in society and those things are always the most, the things that that draw me, interest me the most or like that, that have an effect on me the most. So like, for instance, you know, like the thing that really fucked us up is we were, you know, we met this homeless man that was lived on, on, on Hate Street. I just, no, but just, just an example. And like, you know, I'm talking to this guy and he's, really you know freezing on the street really doing poorly and like and you know telling me how he he's like he wanted to get out of this other part of town because he was being kind of hassled there and he's kind of got robbed and uh and one of the things he was telling me is that there are these there this group that's hired by the san francisco called uh, urban alchemy that's sort of supposed to be like community patrol and like kind of help homeless people and like kind of keep things kind of orderly they actually were like are very aggressive and they threatened to beat him up and like all this stuff and, you know, that same day, I think, is like Biden is in Kiev, you know, talking about the need for, you know, just that America holds fast, you know, and will protect freedom and liberty around the world. I mean, you know, it's like, and this guy's dying right here, you know, but he's dying on the streets, you know, basically. And, and you know, and like, you, I, I can't help but be affected by that, you know, and like, and kind of have my, I don't know, I can't really buy, buy the bullshit. Uh, I, I don't know. And so... So I mean that's just an example, and I know that you're the same way. So and that's why we're kind of able to deal with each other. I think you know, even though it causes some problems sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a ter- therapy session? I don't know. <laughs> Everything is a therapy. You know, we're in America, baby. Everything is a therapy. <laughs> Everything is like self-help, something. But yeah. you know, just actually speaking of contradictions, right? Yeah. One contradiction. Um, were related and generally Russian society related. I've been focused on for years. Uh, Putin definitely openly, right before the war, criticized in his like one hour long speech before he started bombing Kiev is um, Lenin, right? The yeah. creation of Ukraine to some degree and just generally that <laughs> Lenin was, did everything wrong. And um, at the same time, these people who are, again, emigres, uh, staunch critics of Putinism, liberals, um, and all that, they're the ones who can't, like, basically hear the name of Lenin in a serious, respect, respectful con- context of anything. Yes. Even factually, like, just, like, something, when someone says factual about Lenin um, actually being uh, anti-Russian chauvinist, yeah. anti-imperialist. 
An anti-Russian imperialist. Yeah, anti-Russian yeah. imperialist. Russian chauvinism, um, he called it. Yeah. Right. He was against it. It's actually an interesting reaction. I've seen it a number of times. Not that they have to debate this. They cannot like even hear this as a serious factual argument. So they just sneer and just laugh or just like turn it into some kind of like as if funny meme that you can even say that and i think it's actually a bit kind of not at least central to the ideological thing and the confusion of the last um of how you look at the soviet history when Mm -hmm. you're now in russia right kind of basically to the last hundred years yeah because i think it's it's very telling and i don't think anything good come out of it come out will come out of it and there's something then bad about the opposition to putin if this is an average kind of reaction over the yeah. so-called enlightened kind of like people who mean well, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's super weird because the one thing that surfaced, there's this guy, I think he's even big in the English Twitter, so we can link him. I, I, I actually kind of like him he's, because he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's measured, he's good, he's also seems he's brave, he remains in Russia, he's, he's not immigrating, he's like yeah. a political scientist. Um, Grigory Yudin? Yudin. Yeah. He's he's kind of uh, kind of famous now for essentially having kind of predicted he the predicted war. He yeah. predicted a few weeks, I think, before yeah. he wrote um, an article. It's going to definitely happen, and he he was right, and people were definitely not believing him back yeah. then. It doesn't matter, but he's Including the one who us. actually I think it's really interesting. He doesn't want to immigrate, and I think they're not prosecuting him yet, which is interesting yeah. because I guess they already could. But um, there was a, an interview with him. <clears throat> In Medusa, which um, I wonder, maybe there's even an English version. There is an English translation, yes. There is. Okay, then yeah. I'll link to it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and um, one of the questions that's what I'm referring to, they were like liberals were laughing at him. Um, someone asked him, I think, in that interview, what does he think? Um, is there like kind of like element of the Russian um, history that is um, shows some promise and that mm-hmm. he respects and that shows that, you know, this horrible episode can end and something good can surface and he says yeah (laughs) like one of the really great critics of imperialism is Vladimir Lenin who is like called the Russian chauvinist of what it is who actually in a way um, made Ukraine possible and and different uh, small ethnicities in the former Russian empire gained some sort of level of independence and all that and they they can't it's yeah. just they can't take this. You're telling me that you're saying that they're like a lot of people who are basically were like mocking him and kind of trashing him for yes, even mentioning for Lenin speci- for just mentioning him. I, I just for mentioning it Lenin is like a thing that is like something is uh, you can like learn from something from his writings and yeah, from his thoughts. You can yeah. learn and you can take him seriously. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to <laughs> yeah. love Soviet Union or be like pro Soviet. They think somehow can't yeah. they can't separate any of this and I don't think they I mean it's Lenin. funny yeah Lenin is isn't it bizarre yeah, yeah. Lenin is no, actually no, no, how they react yeah. to him and then how they differ from Putin and maybe in some ways at least but, I mean, red, this, is, red, this is what people don't really under, I mean this is what we always talk about you know which is that you know I mean no one really cares I about it understand. but like it's just that it doesn't matter if you're on the, if you're a liberal or like a conservative in Russia your underlying ideology Fox is, News. Is, is basically Fox News and it's and it's and it's you know or like you know it 
it's the, 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 it's aggressively kind of neoliberal, you know. Well, like okay, the best case scenario maybe CNN, right? Because yeah. if you're like more, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's people make that criticism here. It's like you know, it doesn't matter if you're Nancy Pelosi or whatever, you know, or I can't even remember who the the House Speaker is now. Um, the, you know, does, anyway, uh, it doesn't matter if you're really Republican or Democrat. I mean, on some fundamental on some fundamental issues, you know, you're you're similar. But I think the 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 range is even narrower, like culturally and. You know, ideologically in Russia, it's even it's even the band is even narrow, right? Is my is my sense of it is that like you're yeah you're kind of really bunched under the Fox News <laughs> under a Fox News cultural and um, sort of economic um, kind of uh, whatever the spectrum mm-hmm. right of what, no, your beliefs. And then there's uh, I guess to the um, f- like Western listeners that would make sense. And then there's tiny minority who is very proud of themselves for being more CNN like yes, they exactly. accept. No, that's yeah, true. Exactly. They think that being CNN. Like, I just want to talk yeah. in those terms. They're so it's like radical, open-minded, yeah. Yeah. radical. They're like they're, they're like accepting of different uh, d- different like sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. orientation they're like not like yeah. gay bashing basically yes. or something like this. <laughs> and they maybe like yeah. Don't. Anyway, but and, and a part of it is that the, the, everyone's hatred of any anything that even smells like socialism or any right. smells like lefty lefty bullshit ideas, and and so this is the thing. So the opponents of Putin and you know supporters of Putin share a common belief in the vileness of of the, of the, of the left, basically of the left, not yeah. even Soviet. Okay, Just of left thinking, and so when you and if you if you're like if you pretend to be a serious person and. This guy, you didn't, you didn't. He's, he's generally respected. He's generally, generally respected, respected by liberals, uh, in you know, by liberal, by Russian liberals, very much so, and 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 also people on kind of you know this few people that are actually on the Russian left, you know, who that exist, you know, yeah, barely exist. Yeah, but he's sort of respected by, on, liberals. by the Russian liberals. And, oh, but it's, so, so he snuck it in there, you know, wait, he snuck in so, Lenin and they, yeah. He didn't snuck it in. He just responded, <laughs> and I'm laughing at him now. But what's interesting, it's kind of related. I think a fairly early after the war started, he was interviewed by this liberal. A uh, woman, um, I, I don't know. I find her kind of really comic and just sort of. <laughs> okay, I don't want to say like any bad YouTube, things. It, she's, has a popular YouTube channel. She's sort of like interviewer, yeah, and uh, she's like very um, garden variety liberal, yeah. And she interviewed him with respect, as I said. He's kind of respected outside of when he, he says stuff like that, um, because he's like a critic of Putin and all that. And when Grigori, in an interview with her, it's like a, a YouTube, it's a video, they were, I guess, walking around, I don't know, Moscow, and he said, hey, Putin is very anti-Soviet. He constantly criticizes Soviet Union. He rejects, revo- mm-hmm. he rejects revolution. He rejects Soviet Union. And she asked him, really? I never noticed. So she asked him, really? I never noticed. Wow. And I'm thinking, wait, so the woman who is supposedly, or at least sort of like some version of a cultural elite intellectual like yes. person who talks to all this who's a political um, like youtuber basically basic kind of political sort of youtuber D- never noticed she's in her 40s <laughs> that putin <laughs> is critical of soviet union yeah i'm like that that's 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 how they are no but and but even funnier is that like it was, that came right after i mean maybe like days or or several weeks where his main speech was saying that lenin is the reason 
why everything is bad and the reason why we have to wage this war. You know? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. They, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I don't want to be on a high moral ground or anything like that as if I'm the smartest. No. But since I've been focused on this specific topic for years, I'm kind of very sensitive to this. I really think there's something there. It's just like, there might be very smart people. That's the thing. They just, there's some shudders. I don't know. You hear it's like, there's like a trigger thing. I wonder if it's like that with people who had some other traumas. I don't know. They hear this, they just shut off. They just sh- they can't hear this. And because do you also think that okay, there's they can't hear anything about they positive, just can't. But, but then there's also their complete blindness. So they're like will, will it's like willful blindness because it's like they're surrounded by it, of like of re- no realizing that Putin is like anti-Soviet and hates just communism. Like them. Yeah, just like just them. Just like them. And so, but do they think you think they just they because to them like they they've kind of built a narrative for themselves that. You know, what Putin's trying to do is rebuild back to the, Soviet the Soviet Union. Union. He's yes. trying to build the evil empire again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so anything that uh, like contradicts that belief is like basically like set, filtered out completely. I think so because and, that's and, the only and way they can understand him. I, I think so, and yeah. it, and there's something genuine. I'm not saying there's some kind of vile just liars. I think there's just some weird reaction. Yes, I think because it explains certain things. Yeah. There's certain logic, and you can group certain people into this. Like yes. they're the ones for this. They're like Stalinists, basically. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, in a way. <laughs> Yes. In the end, they're all Stalinists, and that's what it is. It's um, kind of ties back into this thing. Now, people talk about, oh, the ultimate problem, why this war was made possible, and the Putin and the Putin was made possible, right? Because they never, you know, since 2011, anyway, they tried to get rid of him. And that basically, um, after the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, it never fully, like, faced and... Um, uh, what do you call it? When you ask forgiveness oh. for the crimes, yeah, for the crimes of the Sunnis, there were no illustrations. Now there's this new kind of narrative, well, right? And that's but, why, but it's, but it's been going on. That's like a no, narrative but it's that's... like new kind of with new strength. Yeah, I got you because my buddy, you know, Misha, who's like, you know, he's been talking about this to me for 20 years. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've heard about it for yeah. years too. There's some truth. Of, speaking of the gulags and the Stalinist time, I guess it's good for people to know specifically about the Stalin times that they were not great, and there were a lot of people, just innocent people, suffering and killed, and for some reason spent years in gulags. I think the more people know, the better. Yeah. But overall, there's this weird thing because I don't know. They're pushing for it, but at the same time. Don't they notice that um, the fact that that system, that there were no illustrations and the, basically the phenomenon of red directors, it's mm-hmm. basically the Soviet apparatchiks who um, often privatized some kind of industries they've yeah. overseen or literally were working in factories and stuff. They just transitioned smoothly into this new system. Yes. And worked in worked in it frequently sometimes some of them became type of philanthropist yeah. financed a lot of media projects for all liberal these years ones, yeah. they could have been even liberal that's very important they were not necessarily some kind of like no. pro fsb security state putin and they were fine with them they lived in the system very nicely for yeah. many many years in moscow and yeah excuse me when were like you could have noticed this whole thing. Yeah. It was pretty open if you just factually look at how is it yeah. unraveling before, and it was very unfair. Yeah. But you benefited from it. So I just kind of, it's one thing I, I don't know, maybe I'm repeating yeah. myself. I, I'm, I'm really amazed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's very selective too because no one's no one's saying that say like Yeltsin should have been illustrated. I mean, he this guy was like you know this guy was. Basically, at the highest levels of the Communist Party, at, at, oh, he was at the, he was the, what the boss, the, the Communist Party boss of 
Shudlovsk, right? I mean, like his, his yes. Uh, so okay. no, no, no one is saying like well, he should be kept away from uh, from just be, even being becoming politics, president, being in positive because he was because so like and, that's and, true. Uh, no one talks about it, but I'm talking even like smaller levels. Because I'm actually is, supportive in that in a way. Like yeah, I actually support illustrations, and I, 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 yeah. I support get him out of there if you're like anti-communist. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is liberal initiative. I support it, but then on a smaller level, Yeltsin is yeah. a really good example. Obviously, no one ever criticized him for being a com party <laughs> boss, whatever, but. There is this like smaller level. This whole system was functional like that in this like oligarchical tr- uh, trickle down, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Moscow media, cultural class, no problem. Yeah. And uh, now they're upset. While people were suffering, yes. there was this sentiment boiling da- boiling up. Just what? Yeah. Anyway, so the liberals never repented, and still, <laughs> and still haven't repented for any kind of, I would say, collaborationist practices. They, With they've the been formerly engaged. communist uh, uh, apparatchiks. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> they should be illustrated for their for their uh, for their. For their work, with, that they that they took money and that they worked with the former com, com party no, people. No, they were collaborators to large extent. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that you were communist collaborators. Yeah, and I think they shouldn't be accepted in the Western democracies. Get out. Yes. Go back, or yes. or if not back, I don't know. Go go east. <laughs> go to Bridgejan. I don't know. Go somewhere. <laughs> to some other place. What yeah. are you? It, it just exile them. Obviously, not all the emigrants and refugees are like that. Ob- yeah. like, obviously, but the most I would say vocal ones with the media capital. What do you call it? You know the ones who yes, are like actually that have the semi- platforms and platforms, famous, semi-famous yeah. have been active for years. They are like that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you trace their work back to the nineties mm-hmm. and into into the 2000s, or even two thousands, you'll see that they like the, the, most of them had like some kind of partnerships with people that and they had no problems. And problem with, with the problem with the illustration thing, it's it, is this this was a revolt of the communist party elite. Okay, again, against you know, this was it, it was not like and, no, 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 I, mean, I know, that's but the whole like, okay, with the, with but to the, trace yeah. it factually yeah. back, if, if anyone interested, is I've yes. been kind of trying to connect some dots in a very basic level, not being any kind of historian. I mean, if you were truly kind of like an honest person, believing it's like Soviet Union is horrible, we need to end it. A lot of people believed it. Yes. After ninety three, after like October ninety three, when Yeltsin. Um, basically bombed parliament yes uh democratically elected truly there's no way you could then smoothly as a media person i'm talking about this media characters they're still around still vocal uh there's no way you smoothly could integrate into that new oligarchical system benefit from it and then say hey illustrations Horrible! How it never happened. Ooh, that's why Putin came because we never uh, yeah, excised like, the communist wait demon. Wait a second! Yeah. And Grigory Yutin, he he would talk about it in similar in similar yeah. in similar terms, basically. And I'm thinking, what if you didn't do that? Which most didn't because yeah. they smoothly integrated into basically into all the yes. new oligarchical like um, sort of playground yes. of, of Russian media. I don't think you have much say right now. And also, you know, you know, it's funny because you know, help you, Ukrainians, help everyone you can, whatever. Like, be kind, but like ideologically, fuck you. Get out, yeah. No, 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 fuck you. Yeah. I have no, like, I don't have sympathy for you. Let like, you like now maybe have to be away from your Moscow apartment. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's you know, it's a good point. You know, speaking of what you know, another thing about like okay, America's involvement in this whole thing, right? One thing it reminds me, you know, you mentioned ninety three, and you mentioned Yeltsin, and like America's support for you know, uh, there was a time when you know America was fully supported uh, its Russian uh, autocratic leaders like Boris Yeltsin, you know, who 
you know, attacked his own sort of democratic institutions, I mean, with tanks, uh, and received full backing from the American, you know, state, from the American empire. And, you know, and another thing so that he... So was Putin. But yeah, and another, but exactly. But another thing that he received backing for is something similar, actually, to what's going on in Ukraine, which is that the, the first Chechen war, you know, mm-hmm. Yeltsin was supported by, by, by America, and like they basically, Bill Clinton called um, Yeltsin Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> he said that what, what Yeltsin is doing in, is in Chechnya was uh, the same thing that Abraham Lincoln. Come on. Yeah. You was, have to link to it. Was doing, was doing, because uh, I, I learned this when I, Mark and I were, you know, working on our, sort of uh, working on our idea for sort of the. You know, you should share it with Substack. I, ha- I did share a part, uh, part of it, yeah. Part mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the I don't know if the um, Abraham Lincoln could uh, be basically saying that basically Clinton was saying oh yeah no we support you know what Yeltsin is doing in Chechnya is good and basically stopping a you know a kind of a, a the independence of 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 you know of a, of, its, of of a republic right with with force ultimately losing and then Putin winning the second attempt to do that um, but. But if you yell, you know, so like, so America, so this is, this is, the, this is my whole, you know, this is the whole problem, you know, when I look at this country and look at the society, it's like, there's, you know, there's just, it's like, it, it's whatever is, whatever is good for America is, is morally correct. I mean, that's basically how it is. And I mean, and I guess that's just how it always is. But like, for, in that time, you know, getting, uh, getting Yeltsin in power and beating back sort of any kind of communist challenge, or socialist challenge or populist challenge to Yeltsin and his sort of economic reforms and to the sort of the privatization of the country that would fully take, you know, the resources of that country out of sort of collective control or any kind of communist control was the imperative for America. And so and so and so that was the imperative to keep Yeltsin in power. And it was like also an imperative domestically for Clinton because his political kind of reputation domestically also rested in sort of the success of of the sort of the, the, the project in the Soviet Union. So you do what's 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 good for you. And. Back then, it was good for America to 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 back the you know extremely you know bloody attempt to crush uh, an independence movement in Chechnya, right? Um, and that was that was so that was good. But and now so, it's not good. Now it's not good, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so 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 like things completely get turned on their head depending on what like you know American society. American elites, you know, uh, believe is good for for their interest, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. this is why, like, you know, this whole this whole like rhetoric about Biden, you know, coming in, you know, and being talking about how this is a fucking you know fight for freedom and liberty. It's just you know, it's like I don't know. It's just I, the, the the more that this war goes on, and the more that America just is so is so so gleefully kind of. Uh, so happy about uh, how it's going and uh, what's happening there you know the more kind of I don't know I just it's starting my kind of dis- my kind of disgust is and and is starting to be um, I don't know like it's kind of starting to boil boil harder and harder in my in my in my skull and I don't know I'm um, yeah it's it's just kind of disgusting to watch hey you, know, you Putin so. lover get out I know love it or leave it I know so, all right, maybe there's a maybe there's maybe I can live in an airport for the rest of my life, you know, a kind of a, a, in a borderless state. Uh, maybe that's where we should move to, you know, just live just it's, it's an international interesting, it, you know, in airports they can't really kick you out. In I an think. international terminal, you know, international terminal. what we can do is we can fly somewhere international and then burn all our passports and just and be like, hey, I don't live know. Here from now on. <laughs> we got to choose one of the best amenities. It's actually nice because sometimes the amenities are really nice. The food is not bad. 
If, what, Maybe th- we can oh, teach oh, oh, oh. all kind of languages because people will come through. What if you break into <laughs> one of their VIP lounges and just live there? You know, if, but how who will educate her? How will we educate her? Well, yeah. it's the internet, you know. Like, there's like <laughs> distance learning and all this stuff, you know. Kids were doing it during the pandemic, you know, via Zoom. So why can't we do right, it? <laughs> right. Actually, some of the places that we lived, like I would say, VIP airport lounge, probably nicer. Yeah. In comparison to some places yeah. we lived, you know, it's nice. Yeah. It's also like buffets and stuff there. <laughs> yes, it's pretty nice. I bet they have access to some laundry and yeah, like or probably. dry cleaning. You can wash it in the, the, <laughs> the bathrooms, dry it up. Yeah. Okay, well, it's to be continued. Okay, <laughs> it's to be continued. Oh. Anyway, on this note, anyway, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be cheaper. I'm not cheaper. Just like how you look. I've been kind of stripped. I know I've been here for a while, but I was going back home quite often, and you know, pre-war actually. <laughs> me and Yash were not even sure. We thought maybe we will live there, go live there, because it's <laughs> we have cheaper. No, yeah, cheaper. I don't know, no, yeah. different, different things. And I have like a, had a film thing I want to shoot in Moscow. Anyway, and um, so now that seems to be not on the table. And obviously nothing compares to, I think, what Ukrainian refugees have to go through or I don't know. But I kind of, I don't know, I'm personally offended by this as well. Yeah. And our life is, I can't say, I guess, appended because it's not true. It's so horrible what happens to other people. But, uh, you know, look, my life is directly affected by it. So it's just. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, it's, I, say? I think it's valid what you're saying. It's like, do you feel kind of, kind of cut off from your, from your homeland, you know, from your. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I wasn't. I guess it's maybe forces me to face certain choices I made in life and all that. I was kind of always like, I kind of like to be in this having <laughs> Options or having the idea that I have options, I don't know. I guess my own personal problem, whatever. But um, but yeah, so that's that's been kind of. I mean, look, taken it was away, always living there. there living there was always uh, like you know, the, uh, Russia, like a lot of other places, has problems. You know, it's yeah, not but only, you know, pre-war, one thing. It, well, I definitely noticed we stayed there for more than a few months, almost like three months or something in 2019. One thing you noticed, and they weren't lying, there were articles about that. Moscow, well, and I guess it's the whole problem with Russia, because Moscow is not Russia. It was this oligarchical paradise at some point, at least the center of it where yeah. I lived. Um, it um, basically was voted maybe like top European town, amenities-wise and life, urban life-wise yeah. for people to live in. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> no, because uh, Russia-wise, it sounds insane. It's like, kill that place. But for just like a personal <laughs> No, reasons, no, Moscow was like, it was, we reasons, were shocked. It yeah. was just better than Berlin. I don't know, maybe better than London, definitely better than New York. Yeah. It's just like life the there. Quality of life, yeah. Quality of life, just everyday life for a person who doesn't even need who has a little to use money, a car. You know, some money. has some money. Yeah. Was... I kind of have to say it. I know it's like contradicts everything I always say about Russia. It was amazing. I'm just like a weird person. I definitely didn't run away from like But when that. you left Russia, it was different, you know? Come yeah, on, yeah. it wasn't that bad. Yeah, come on. But Moscow was but your that problems bad? were not with that. With, your problems with Russia, okay, like you're actually not like a bourgeois person. So your your, your problems with but Russia I st- I know. Were, not, were not with, you know, that you can't get like a, a, a coffee shop. You can't go to like and get a, you know, get an espresso and then go to a nice park and just sit there. Yes, yeah. Your problems were different. You know, we're spiritual, you know, in nature. So, all right, I'll finish with something serious, which is that, you know, I, uh, it's stupid to make any kind of, like, predictions. predictions or prognosis. But, you know, a year in, I think, 
I think, you know, I don't know. It, it's sometimes good to say just so you can test if you were right or, or oh, right. Right, right. Say. I mean, so we should think, what do you think is going to happen in the next year? I think I think nothing. Yeah. I mean, you mean like nothing's going to materially change. There's going to be a war that continues kind of in this kind of back and forth way. Basically. Like a kind of a st- almost like a stalemate situation. I would imagine. Unless yeah. I don't want to, you know, unless there's atomic thing. I don't know. I agree. Hopefully not. I agree with you, I think. But that political scientist I mentioned, I'll, I'll link to him, Grigory Yudin, actually predicting something that's, I mean, not totally crazy, but like I, I can't believe in it, that Putin will actually wants to... Um, Russia to come back to the borders of what do you call ba- basically pre-collapse of the Soviet Union borders in a way, yeah. meaning that he wants to take the Baltic states back. I'm mean, yeah. like shortening the thing, and the reasoning, which is I mean not totally insane. I don't I don't sign up to it, but uh, but can as well said is that despite that there's NATO or let's say Estonia's NATO, that union was not tested, and we can't be sure that if Putin does attempt something there, yeah. Um, that the collective West is ready to go into some full-on war or some kind of like atomic war or anything like this for this like small country. For yeah. basically, he says it wasn't tested. So what do we know? Yeah. Well, I don't what know. Do you yeah. think? No. Speaking of predictions, because he's predicting I I mean, that. I, I don't think he's going to go into Estonia or Latvia or Lithuania in the next year. That's for sure. I, Hopefully. I. I, I, I <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm planning to make a movie now in Estonia rather than in Russia. And if he goes to Estonia, my career is over. If you no, if he goes to Estonia, you might have to take matters into your own hands and and like and and, and, and solve the situation for for yourself and for the for the for the, like the rest how? of the world. Like like born identity or like Look, you know, know Mission Impossible gonna, I, kind of I style. I want to say you know? it on air yeah. just so it would like remain. If, I don't know if someone was already bored of listening to us. It just for me. Yeah. Like if he goes to Estonia, it's like someone sending me sign. Like it's just some Go sort of get into finance, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, get, quit this movie business. And, what is going on? Because now I picked Estonia, whatever for a number of reasons. And if he goes to Estonia, I don't, I don't know. If Estonia goes to war, just become a yeah. Just stay on welfare and just. To enjoy life you know yeah yeah no I think my, uh, my but, but seriously though I don't you know I don't know Yudin's prediction that like he wants to take uh, the Baltics I mean I, I, I find that hard to believe just because there's not even an ability to take Ukraine, Ukraine and so yeah. to stretch out even more I mean but it, and I don't think that it, those places are such an ideological importance to um, to to Putin but but then who, what the hell do I know but what what do I what I can predict is that uh, I think with with some certainty is that the next year the war is probably not going to change very much I mean it's going to be this back and forth thing it's going to grind no uh, Russia is not going to want to end it unless it gets some kind of unless it feels like it's getting some kind of massive concession and it's like can fortify can solidify its position the West is going to keep pouring money into it pouring tanks pouring weapons and it's essentially going to be escalated you know by, by nature of it not really changing it's going to escalate it into a more of a you know even a more of a I guess of a proxy war of more than it what actually is. What about Europeans? Won't they suffer the, the prices, oh, the, yeah. the, the, all this stuff? Like the Americans, the Americans don't really have to pay for it. Europeans do. I mean, I, I don't know. How's Germany going to I, I don't like? know what politically it's going to do to you. I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I don't know um, like German, you know, domestic politics enough to, to, to really comment on it, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be some kind of political ramifications domestically in Germany. Not that like there's going to be like, you know, support for Putin or something, but like, 
I mean, people who who look at this and who who monitor the situation in Germany, I mean, it's pretty clear. Like the industrial base of Germany, which was dependent on sub, basically cheap Russian gas to subsidize, you know, Germany's you know massive industrial economy, like it's going to fail. So anyway, that's my kind of prediction. I think we're done here. Um, thank you very much. Thank we'll, you we'll for be, listening. We'll be, we'll be back later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Amen.